It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Reds podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. They're at rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Reds fans, and welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, super fan and addict of all things Cincinnati Reds, and I'm taking my addiction and turning it into information for you. Today, we're going to talk about back-to-back Wins. Didn't really get a whole lot of chance to recap the Cubs series. Did a lot of talking on the crossover with Dan Wilson yesterday, getting set for this Philly series. So we're going to kind of loop that into today's celebration of what happened yesterday. Going to talk about the heroes that led to the second win in a row for the Cincinnati Reds. Also going to look at the effects on the roster and the lineup of the return of Joey Votto. It should be happening here pretty soon and has not officially been announced, but he should be in here hopefully by the end of the week. We'll talk about what the Reds look like when that happens, and we'll preview today's pitching matchup of Sonny Gray versus Aaron Nola, which I'm very excited to watch this game. Before we get into all of that, though, make sure that you're following the podcast on whatever app you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. Had a question. I was, I was actually... Had a different tone for today's podcast plan. We're going to push this down a couple of days, though. Had a question on Twitter about how do you enjoy watching the Reds without expectations. So we'll look into that eventually. Hopefully, we won't even have to answer that question because they've been winning. Let's talk about that because yesterday was... I kind of want to use the word magical. It's maybe a little bit of a dramatic overstatement, but I was really happy with what we saw because what has been the biggest issue for the Reds ever since all of these injuries happened? Nobody else is stepping up outside of Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. Jesse Winker got the off day yesterday, didn't even pinch hit, and Castellanos extended his hitting streak. He has now tied his career high in uh, hitting streak with 17 games. So that was nice to see, but largely he he was not the biggest factor in this game. The two biggest factors in the game were Max Schrock and Kyle Farmer. That's right. Just like we drew it up, right? Just like we imagined it would be. Max Schrock had an amazing game. And darn you, Mother Nature. Like, come on, man. The universe was against him. Yesterday, he was a single away from the cycle after hitting that double. But as he arrives at second base, you can see him clutching at his left calf. And he's trying to stretch it out, but he just has this look on his face of, oh, I know what this is, and this isn't good. And it sucks because he definitely could have come up and let a little bloop single and be the first red to hit a cycle since Eric Davis. But yeah, no, couldn't quite do it for uh, yesterday because the universe didn't want him to. 
But Kyle Farmer, on the other hand, picked up the slack. He was a triple away from the cycle. He had a hell of a day as well. And it's in, it's interesting to look at these two guys because coming into yesterday's game, Max Schrock was hitting like a buck ninety. Kyle Farmer was hitting like a buck ninety. So if the Phillies were looking at these guys on the scouting report, they probably almost completely dismissed them. And you had Vince Velasquez on the mound for Philadelphia, who Dan Wilson had said, honestly, has looked like one of the best pitchers in their staff. So the fact that the Reds were able to just throw up a bunch of runs on the board was awesome. And then, of course, they continued to score on Philly relievers, whether it be Chase Anderson or whoever else was coming in. They looked very good. The lineup did yesterday and it really just set the tone for the pitching I mean the pitching was solid it's nothing spectacular you're going to look at the box scores and you say well there were some base runners and there were there I think there were like no I don't even think there were two I think there was only one inning where Wade Miley had the base paths clean and he was giving up hits he was giving up walks but he made the pitches that he had to make when he needed to make them to make sure that the Phillies did not get on the board more than one time. He did give up the one earned run. And then you had some dudes who really needed a bounce back in Brad Brock. And you had Michael Feliz come in and pitch well after Sean Doolittle came in and pitched a nice seventh inning. But that was also a big story, I thought, from yesterday's win was the fact that Wade Miley comes off the injured list and pitches six innings and 102 pitches. He's healthy. That's good. You know, we, yeah, there's no debate there. If you're going to do that kind of work, you're not hurt when you do it. So that's good. I was a little bit worried because, you know, we saw what happened with Wade Miley last year whenever he was up and down and on and off the injured list. And no matter what it seemed like, it always seemed like he was ineffective. Yesterday, he was effective. And I got to thinking, though, because obviously – the main storyline in this game was Max Schrott. It was the Max Schrott game and the Kyle Farmer game. And Kyle Farmer is an interesting case study because honestly, coming into this year, I was not enthused about the idea of Kyle Farmer as the Reds everyday shortstop because he is a good utility player. He's a good dude to have in a pinch. He's not a guy that I really want to hand the reins, but I also got to give it up to him because he's played pretty well. In fact, when you look at, his statistics since May 7th, really when the injuries really started to pile up and you had to see a couple of guys that really weren't expected to be conscripted into everyday duty, pull everyday duty. Since May 7th, Kyle Farmer is hitting 241 and he's got three homers and 11 RBIs. He does also have that double that he had yesterday, 20 hits in 83 at bats. And the one thing that you would like to see a little bit more, maybe he takes a few more pitches as a better on base percentage, but honestly, that's, that's all right. The, what he has done in this time period where he has been asked to just kind of hold the reins for a moment and make sure that everything works out. Okay. That's fine. And then you add in the fact that his glove is a little bit above average. I'm, I'm not saying it's good, but it's above average at shortstop. According to outs above average, he has a plus one, positive one outs above average at the shortstop position. So when you couple those two things together, he is a solid major league player for the Reds in this instance. I mean, 
we have been just absolutely hammering the fact that the Reds decided not to have a shortstop this year. Maybe if they, if they don't go out and trade for one, or maybe Jose Garcia is ready here in a month or two, maybe Kyle Farmer can just hold the reins long enough. I know it's going to be important to keep Gino's bat in the lineup, especially whenever Joey Votto comes back, which we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But honestly, if you can tell me that the defense is going to be fine, you know, you're not going to worry about it as much because it's getting to the point where if Gino is playing shortstop, every time a ball hit is hit to him, I cringe. I, I kind of close my eyes a little bit like, oh, just just make a good throw. Get, get the out. Just, just, just get the out. And sometimes that's a little bit rough. But at least Kyle Farmer has been solid filling in at shortstop. And real quick, too, I wanted to shout this out because Tyler Naquin got two more RBIs yesterday. Do you realize that Tyler Naquin is sixth in the NL, tied for sixth in the National League in RBIs with 35? Guess who he's tied with? Nolan Arenado. Now, I know RBIs aren't the kind of thing that are end-all, be-all whenever you're trying to evaluate a hitter. But it's interesting to note that he's sixth in the National League, tied with Nolan Arenado, and he's actually played six less games than Nolan Arenado. In fact, the National League leader, Eduardo Escobar from Arizona, with 39 RBIs, four more RBIs than Tyler Naquin, he's played seven more games than Tyler Naquin. What an addition Tyler Naquin has been. And he's kind of been, it's interesting because we look at Tyler Naquin and we're kind of confused at his presence on the team because of Shogo Wakiyama. It seems to have remaindered Shogo to a bench role and not a whole lot of chances to get out on the field. But on the other end of the spectrum, he has played pretty darn good. The best pickup that they made this offseason and the competition was fierce. It was just, oh, there's so many guys that... Yeah, I'm just kidding there. All right, uh, so coming up, we're, we're going to talk about Joey Votto's return, what that's going to do to the lineup, and how the Reds are going to look when that happens. Before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know that Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements just for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. And did you know that the brick and mortar store down the street when it comes to your car parts charges you differently than they charge professional mechanics? RockAuto.com is not that way. They have an extensive list of parts for 
your car, whether you have a classic car that you're trying to restore or you have a daily driver that you just need a new tail lamp for, Rock Auto has you covered. Check them out today. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. And when you're there, type in the How'd You Hear About Us section locked on to let them know that Locked On sent you. RockAuto.com has an easy-to-use interface as well. Whether you know exactly what part you're looking for and what brand you want or you aren't really sure, Rock Auto can help you out. Check out rockauto.com. They've got a drop-down list on the side of every single car company. You find your make, find your model, and they've got a drop-down list of every single part for your car. Whether you need that tail lamp or you want to reupholster your car, they can help you out. rockauto.com. And when you're checking out in the How'd You Hear About Us section, type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. They've got all the parts that your car will ever need. So this week, at some point, I feel like this week, and this is really more just me reading the tea leaves than anyone telling me this specifically, but this week feels like we're going to get Joey Votto back. I mean, we heard him in the radio booth the other day, if, if you didn't hear that. Um, I'm sure that you can find audio clips or something of that because that was amazing. You should definitely check that out. He, he was fun to listen to. I don't think he's got uh, a future in radio play-by-play, but he could definitely be on television if he wants to. Uh, but uh, that, was, that was just magical for me. But when it comes to his return to the lineup, it's interesting to note that it's going to probably displace one Tyler Stevenson. He has gotten a lot of everyday playing time ever since being asked to move to first base. He still catches. He still is behind the plate. But I've really liked what I've seen from Tyler Stevenson playing at first base and then also getting some playing time at catcher. And with the return of Joey Votto, that definitely means that Tyler Stevenson's not going to be playing that much first base. Maybe he is the alternate once every 10 days or once every two weeks or something like that for Joey Votto, but right now the Reds need Joey's bat back in the lineup, something fierce. I know yesterday there were a lot of guys who stepped up and really helped out, guys that you don't expect, but there's a reason that we don't really expect those guys to be the main contributors. Joey Votto is expected to be one of the main contributors. You get him back in the lineup, and you can see if they want to continue this Eugenio Suarez leading off experiment, you could see a lineup that is Suarez, Winker, Castellanos, Joey Votto. That's pretty solid. And then whenever Moose comes back, you might even be able to slot Moose into the fourth spot and Joey into the fifth, unless David Bell wants to get bogged down with right, left, right, left, and all that other stuff. But that would be a very interesting lineup for me, especially if Gino continues to figure it out. Now, he didn't have a great game yesterday. He went over and had a couple of strikeouts. But for the most part, he has looked all right out of that leadoff spot, and they're just trying to get him right. I'm probably thinking that once everybody's healthy, Gino's going to stop leading off, and hopefully he continues his reawakening here in 2021 from a different spot in the order. It's not just tied to him getting the most at-bats possible. But I do think that with Joey Votto coming back, it's going to create some interesting scenarios because Tyler Stevenson won't be getting everyday playing time. He will now become probably your first bat off the bench. Him and Shogo are like your your one-two punches, whether you're looking for a right-handed bat or a left-handed bat. And you'll be able to employ them in whatever way you see fit. 
The interesting thing is going to be how do you continue to play shortstop? And because is it? It's probably still going to be Kyle Farmer in the interim. But whenever Mike Mustakas comes back, third base gets filled. Because I don't think that you're going to put Mustakas back at second base after coming back off of another IL stint here in 2021. Plus, you've still got Jonathan India playing pretty decently. So maybe you don't want to remove that everyday spot in the lineup for Jonathan India. But then does Gino move to short again? Because we know where that's going to go. This isn't an experiment that's going to right itself all of a sudden. I don't think that you play bad for the better part of two months and then ultimately end up being a good shortstop at the end of the year. I think it's probably just going to be more of the same. Maybe he figures out a little bit and becomes severely below average as opposed to just completely awful. But Gino at short was an experiment that I was excited about. And now I don't want to see any more of it because I don't think it works. You know, sometimes you have takes, sometimes you have thoughts and sometimes you, you want stuff to happen and then you see it in reality and it doesn't work. It's like, you know, I know I like pizza. I know I like ice cream, but I know that I don't need to put them together to figure out if they're good or not. I don't think I need to see Gino back at shortstop again. So with Joey Votto coming back, that's going to make the lineup feel a little bit more whole and hopefully have the defense a little bit more whole. Although here lately, there's not been a glaring issue with Tyler Stevenson or whoever's filling in at first base on the defensive side of things. I felt like early on, whenever they were just kind of throwing whoever there and throwing like Tucker Barnhart there and stuff like that, it wasn't as good as it could have been. And, and I didn't think that Kyle Farmer was a very good first baseman either. But if you need him in a pinch, I guess that he can be there in a pinch. But having him there every day was a detriment. So it, it's going to be nice to see that back again. But it's unfortunate because I've really come accustomed to Tyler Stevenson at first base. And I think that that is a huge development, not only for his career, but also for the near future of the Reds. Because think about this. there's In a couple of years... Joey Votto is going to kind of be where Albert Pujols is this year. Pujols is basically a super sub, a super pinch hit guy off the bench that you're just kind of, you're just hoping comes off the bench and runs into one. I don't know too many Dodgers fans that are out there saying, oh, we signed Albert Pujols. That is the piece that we needed to get back to the World Series. I don't think so. So, in a couple of years, what is going to be your everyday plan at first base? I thought, initially, that the idea of getting Jesse Winker some work at first base was going to be that kind of thing. That kind of idea that they needed to look into. But now that I've seen Tyler Stevenson there, I'm okay that they didn't try that. Because I think that this turns Tyler Stevenson into a much bigger piece for the future. Because you can keep his bat in the lineup every single day, but not have to worry about killing his knees by asking him to catch every single day, because we know that that doesn't work. I know that you're going to say, well, Jeff, Johnny bench was the best catcher ever. And he always caught, he played every single day. Yeah, but look at that. Look, look what happened to his knees. Could he have had a longer career if you kind of worked in first base a little bit earlier? Uh, maybe. That's a that's a huge what if and not anything that we'll ever have an answer to. And just basically a debate to have at a bar with a buddy while you're having a couple of drinks. But at the same token, 
I think that this could be huge for a dude who has good prowess at the plate, a good batter's eye, really good confidence too. Like if you watch Tyler Stevenson in the batter's box, do you ever get the feeling that he's nervous? Do you ever get the feeling that he doesn't think he's up to the task? He comes into that batter's box and he looks like he's ready to kill, man. And I love the fact of what this has done, but we're probably going to see his playing time cut a little bit whenever Joey Votto returns, which still, I am still hoping is some point this week because when he comes back, the lineup's going to get a much needed boost. And I'm looking forward to that. All right, coming up here in a minute, I want to preview this pitching matchup because it's going to be an exciting one. I feel like it's two good pitchers on the mound tonight in this Reds Phillies matchup. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. Before we jump into that, though, I was taking a look at some lines on betonline.ag and I have a tip for you today. If you haven't set up your profile yet, go there right now, set up your profile, and type in the promo code LOCKED ON to get 50% added onto your initial deposit. BetOnline.ag, when it comes to all the sports, has every single line that you could think of, whether it's the game lines, the money lines, the run lines, the point lines, the over-unders, all of that stuff. They also have great prop bets as well, even for in-season games, just in the middle of the Major League Baseball season. If you want to take a look at the Reds and Phillies props and be like, hey, let's uh, let's say that uh, Gino's going to hit a home run tonight. Yeah, okay, we can put some money on that. Or you can take my tip that I have for you today. The Baltimore Orioles have the major league's longest losing streak. They've now lost 14 in a row. It's the longest active losing streak for the major leagues this year. They're going up against the Twins tonight. Vegas doesn't think highly of the Orioles. They think they're going to lose number 15 in a row. I think differently. I think they're going to end that losing streak tonight. So take the money line plus 143 on the Baltimore Orioles to win the game and end that losing streak. And in order to get a couple more dollars, go to betonline.ag today and set up your profile with the promo code locked on to get 50% added on to your initial deposit. I am very excited for this matchup tonight between Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola because I think it's going to be a really good one. If you are a fan of pitching duels, that's what we're getting here tonight. In fact, Vegas has the over-under on total runs scored in the game at 7.5, so they're pretty sure that these two starters are going to limit the action on the scoreboard, and I think I'm with him because Sonny Gray had a breakout start in his last appearance. He was absolutely phenomenal. In his eighth start of the season, Sonny Gray went six innings against the Nationals. He had two hits allowed, no runs whatsoever, one walk, and five strikeouts. And the hitters for the Nationals all day just looked completely lost. Even Juan Soto was confounded by what Sonny Gray was doing. So I'm looking for more of that here tonight. I'm looking for him to continue that breakout and be the ace that we all know he can be because up to this point, he's been all right. You know, his second start of the season, he allowed five earned runs in three and two-thirds innings, but he's really settled down since then, going two runs, no runs, one run, three runs, three runs again, and then that shutout, six-inning six shutout baseball that he pitched in Washington. So he's coming back home, which there's no dramatic home road splits. I was looking to see if there was anything there. Really, the only difference is he kind of walks a few more people at Great American and he strikes out less, but it's not anything to really be like, ooh, look, 
that's something to be concerned about. I'm not concerned about that for Sonny Gray. So on the red side of things, Sonny Gray is ready and raring to go. And then we go over to Philadelphia and Aaron Nola, who has been fantastic this season. His numbers, and it's interesting because Dan Wilson said this on our crossover podcast yesterday, saying that Aaron Nola has kind of underperformed a little bit. But when you look at his baseball savant page, he's doing just fine. His average exit velocity is a tick above where the majors are, but not that much. He's right there on track, but he doesn't walk people. That is the biggest bugaboo, and we've seen it with plenty of Reds pitchers this year, is how many bases you give up on balls. Aaron Nola's is not doing that. 4.8% walk rate compared to 28% strikeout rate, which is a little bit down for him, uh, but it's still much better than league average. His expected ERA is actually saying that his current ERA is a bit unlucky. So he's at 3.72. His expected ERA is at 3.1. And he really does it with a three to four pitch mix. He does throw a cutter, but it's barely. He mostly throws a four seamer, a curveball, and a changeup. And that curveball is absolutely nasty. It's going to be something that we see the Reds have a lot of trouble with today, I think, because he has a 34% whiff rate on his curveball. And hitters just don't know what to do with it. They've got a 192 batting average against it, but the expected batting average is saying that even that's a little bit lucky. So I'm I'm going to be interested to see how much he throws it because his his four-seamer and his changeup are actually kind of getting hit a little bit more closer to league average, so they're not exactly those plus offerings that you know. Aaron Nola is not the guy that won the Cy Young a few years ago, but he is still a good pitcher in the Reds. I am not expecting – if they end up scoring 11 runs again today, that's going to be a huge surprise because Aaron Nola is a very talented dude, and he's going to be able to limit those runs – with that curveball because the weather's going to be nice. So, you know, he's going to have plenty of grip on the curveball. He's going to get plenty of spin and it's going to be a fun night. If you like to watch some good pitching, these two teams, like, like we said, they came into this series looking very similar. Now they are both pretty much exactly the same. And except for the fact that the Phillies have played two more games than the Reds, they are both four games under 500. They are both vastly underperforming their expectations, but they both can see a light at the end of the tunnel. And it's weird because you don't normally say this, but they are both currently in a series against a team that it makes sense to start breaking out against. The Reds broke out yesterday. Let's see if they can contain a possible Phillies breakout these next two games. If they can win this series and then go to St. Louis with a series win under their belt against the Phillies and talking about winning two of their last three series when they, you know, they beat the Nationals, they lost to the Cubs, and then they beat the Phillies and then go to St. Louis and hopefully earn no less than a split, then that will be huge for the overall season morale. Because it's one thing we didn't really talk about, but that Cubs series, man, if they didn't win on Sunday, Reds country's morale would have tanked. It would have, like, bottom-lined. Uh, bottom-lined. You know, whatever. Whatever the word is for uh, whenever you you see, like, the heart monitor and it's, like, it flatlined. That's the word. Why can't I think of that? All right. Reds country's morale would have flatlined 
if they lost on Sunday. So that was a huge win and pretty much a much needed spot. I don't know that I'd call it a must win. I don't think there's such a thing as a must win in May, but at the same point, they absolutely needed and and, and they kind of revived everybody. And if they win tonight against Aaron Nola heading into reopening day on Wednesday, I think everybody's going to really want to be down at the ballpark for that game. I don't know. That's just just my thoughts on the matter. But looking forward to tonight's matchup between Sonny Gray and Aaron Nola. But that's going to do it for us here today. We'll recap it tomorrow. We'll talk about what's going on with this series and look ahead at the Cardinals series as well. Make sure, too, this coming Friday we've got the Jeff's Junk Mail segment. Make sure you get your comments, questions, reactions in, 513-549-0159, or on Twitter, at Jeff Carr with three Fs and at Locked on Reds, but that's going to do it for us here today. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to the Locked on Reds podcast. Now, tell your smart device to go play the Locked on Today podcast and get the biggest news in sports in 20 minutes or less from host Peter Bukowski. That's the Locked on Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. But as for me and mine, thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.